Coming up next, Bokanet reads The Tale of Despero. Hey everyone, welcome back to Booknet. I'm of course your humble and eloquent host, Mr. Cooper Cobbs. Joining me today is my very good friend, Mr. Isaiah Reski. Isaiah, how you doing, sir? Hello, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. How about you? Oh, you know, just got back from a road trip on uh, fall mm-hmm. break. Doing good. Yeah, fall break. Woo. Yeah, just got back from doing a lot of schoolwork over um, fall break. So. I mean, kind of. Yeah. Not too much, but like. Not too much? Good. Yeah, I still had to do some school, but it wasn't like a normal school day. What was, it was like the a half like day. hourly ratio of video games to schoolwork done? <clears throat> uh, like one point five hours of video yeah, games to one hour of school. I, I don't know. Nah, because I took breaks of video games because I'm not just gonna sit and play the whole time. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd say like one hour of school to one hour of video games or so. Okay, that's a good ratio, right? Maybe there. Maybe just balance, a little bit more. Yeah. Well, okay, listen, if I want to go hunting, I'm going to be gone for a full month, almost yeah. a month, basically. I mean, it's November 5th till after Thanksgiving. There's Thanksgiving break, but still. So I got to get all my schoolwork done before I go, most of it at least, because I'm not going to have that much time to work there. Yeah. So I have a lot of yep. work. Oh, yeah. man. The work that it takes to fire a shotgun. Ha ha. That's true. It's true. I mean, kind of, but it's also going to be like camping and it's bow hunting to be exact. Mm-hmm. But... Hey, that's right. I shot pay. my deer with a shotgun, but Isaiah's going to get his with a bow. So, shotgun? Yeah. Well, well, maybe we'll find someone. To... I shot a deer last year with a shotgun, yeah. Um, hmm. um, Maybe we'll find someone to like Photoshop Isaiah and to like Katniss Everdeen's body or something <laughs> like that. Bruh. <laughs> <what>? Yeah. <laughs> That would be fun. Post that on Patreon. That would be great. Anyway, Bruh. speaking of uh, weird Photoshop, imagine Photoshopping giant ears onto a mouse. That's what we're talking about today. Not just Mr. onto a mouse, Desperate. onto a very tiny mouse. A very tiny mouse. That's correct. Very tiny mouse, as we're constantly reminded throughout the book. So, yes. The Tale of Despero. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to pull it up because I, I like the uh, subtitle. Um, Do you want you know, like talking about Tale of Despero, a tale of... Um, a spool of thread or t- I'm gonna hang on. Tail mm-hmm. Despero subtitle. You know what? I'm just gonna look up images of Tail Despero, and the cover should pull up, right? Probably. Um, no. Why? The, why is the movie coming up? The movie's terrible. Wait, oh yeah, there is a movie. I forgot. That's right. I haven't seen it, but but you told me yes. there was a movie. Okay, here it is. I found it. But Hail of Despero being the story of a mouse. A princess, some soup, and a spool of thread. And that about sums the book up right there for you, folks. We don't need to do the book in 30 yeah. seconds. Nah. There you go. That's the book. It's about a mouse and a princess, soup, and a spool of thread. All right, Isaiah, let's talk about this. So first, of course, you're going to give your baggage. And the baggage is the segment where we tell about the history that we have with the book, what baggage we brought to this discussion. So, Isaiah, what baggage did you bring to this discussion of A Tale of Despero? Whale, uh, I, I I guess I've heard of it like once or twice. I heard about the movie, I guess, the name, but I didn't really know what it was like mm-hmm. a year ago. And, and then I mm-hmm. forgot about it until I was told that we were going to do it on the podcast. And I was told like a month ago. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my baggage, and and then I read it like two days ago. Awesome. And what, what were your impressions of the book? Like you said, you heard about it. Was it was it mentioned in a good way, a bad way? Like how, how did do you remember? I it heard all? that like it was what? a good story. Yeah, like your expectations. Good yeah. fairy tale and mm-hmm. something like that about this little mouse. That's all I got. Yep. And then something similar to like Green Ember, something like that, where they like communicate, like they talk and can think for themselves. Right. Right. That's all I heard. So yeah, yeah, I thought it was a good book. Yeah, it is. All right. All right. Your uh, my baggage. baggage. So there are few books that I can clearly point to in my life and say, at one point, this book was my favorite book. And The Hill Despero happens to be one of those books. I was, nice. yeah, probably 9 or 10, maybe 8 when I first read it. And for the longest time, it was my favorite book. Uh, I remember just really loving the, actually, I was probably even younger than that. I might have been 7 or something. Um, loving the adventure, you know, the fantasy element, the knights in shining armor, the Despero, but also just, uh, you know, the heroism, heroism, the contrast of light versus dark. Like, it's really a classic fairy tale adventure story and mm-hmm. it really spoke to me when i was a kid probably just for simpler reasons not for the reasons that i love it now just for reasons of hey it's a, it's a mouse and he needs to, i think my favorite scene was uh, the scene in i think it's part four where this is taken up back to the kitchen and he's sitting in the pantry covered in flour like a ghost basically and then he's like dreaming and he sees the knight and he needs to become the knight or something like that I was like, man, yeah, little seven-year-old knight shining like, I need to become Woo. the knight, yeah, exactly. yeah, and save my own princess, yeah. <laughs> and so that's kind of that's kind of you me. doing that, saying yeah, that exactly, yeah. So anyway, um, I didn't read it for a span of time, probably when I was like ten to thirteen or fourteen, and um, I think, gosh, I was in some bookstore and they had a used copy of it. I was like, hey, you know what? I'll buy this. I don't think we, I don't think we owned it, so I'll buy it. And we bought, I bought it, and. I was like, man, this is really good. And not just because it's a cheap fairy tale adventure story that I liked, like that I the reason I liked it, but also because just the depth that it has, the honestly, the beauty of some of the scenes, the elegance in which a some like you can imagine someone writing this book and it just falls flat because it's too heavy handed, just it's so ham-fisted in the way that it delivers the light versus dark and the night and shining are all, all there's so many stuff that could come so much stuff that could go wrong if someone else wrote it but mm-hmm. katie camilla wrote it well enough to where i was like man this really works it's great writing it's got powerful scenes and so the reason i love it today as well when i read it just a couple weeks ago was man this is great writing it's it's a great fairy tale it's got a lot of meaning behind it and i would gladly give this to any young mm-hmm. kid as an introduction to fairy tales, fantasy, anything like that, and yeah, yeah, I love it. So, well, you've heard, I guess, my opening thoughts already, Isaiah. But what about you? What are your opening thoughts and big picture? What's your big picture take on Tale of Despero? Um, well, I mean, I already kind of said a little bit, but I thought it was a good book. It's a good story. It wasn't really exactly what I was expecting whenever I okay. And what part of the book? I mean, because I just heard that it was. Well, initially when I first heard of it, and then you guys mm-hmm. kind of explained it like a couple months later or whatever. But when I first, like a year ago, heard of it, I heard it something basically like the Green Ember series. So I thought you okay. know, it's going to be something like that where there are no humans, and it's just okay. like the mice. And, and it's in this fantasy world planet. where there's darkness yes. out there, yeah. Yeah. And then you told me like 
a month ago, I think. Yeah, something like that. That is not like remember, like where there's still humans, but the mice have like they can communicate and they think and talk right. and all that. Right. Um. So yeah, I thought it was a good book. I think this was the first book I read where it's like that. I haven't okay. actually heard of any other books that are like that. Yeah, that we're, we're actually right talking now. about some. Intro- we're going to. It's going to be really fun. We're talking about Green Ember. We're talking about Tale of Despero, and then we'll talk about later Watership Down, which oh. all three have varying degrees of anthropomorphism, yeah. right? The we talked about I think on a Green Number before, um, about just how how the different forms of how animals are portrayed in literature or movies, and how how much human attributes they have. And so mm-hmm. Green Number, they're basically humans in rabbit form. Here they're yeah. they're human in everything but the way they act, essentially. They're, they act like mice, but they can talk and think. Um, and then Watership Down, they're basically rabbits who can talk and think, and that's it. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to talk about as with Watership Down. But, yeah, anyway, sorry, continue. Um, so, yeah, uh, I thought it was a good book, good storyline, kept me entertained throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that, that's my thoughts. Yeah. I will say something that stuck out to me this time as well is just how evocative a lot of the scenes are um and there are several scenes in particular that are just really pop and the first one is i think it's the birth scene where they're just all crowding around this this little mouse who's the only one to have survived of the litter and he's small and his eyes are open mm-hmm. and yeah like, it's, a first. It's, it's, it's first and it's new and it's like okay that it's a it's a it's a it's it's a chapter that makes a promise and the book lives up to that another scene it's just the scene where he gets sent off, where they're all condemning him, even his own father, and his father well, his is crying. Father was the one that started, like, called exactly the beat the drum. Like that's yeah. really scary. Um, and I'll get to another another scene later. It's one of my favorite scenes in the book. And there's that scene, then the red thread, Hovis, the guy who ties the red threads. One of my favorite characters. I think he's great. And then also just the dungeon as a scene, really made my perspective of what dungeons look like. It took it shaped it. Like in, in Tale Despero, it's a fairy tale. It's really a fairy tale over a fantasy novel. And so mm-hmm. it's more whimsical. The dungeon is like this dark maze that for some reason is built that way to where people die, like soldiers die in the maze of the dungeons. Yeah, that's a little so, weird. Yeah. But like when I was a kid, every single time I saw or encountered a dungeon, I was like, this isn't right. This is not a maze. Like this needs to be a dark foreboding maze why they're why they're not jails it's not just jail cells it's i don't know so that was really evocative and then just the portrayal of the taste of soup the rats um and then the scene of despera as a ghost forgiving his father is really powerful as well and then anything with the king as well i love the this stuff with the king so mm-hmm. just evocative stuff um before we move on though i think we can talk about it has an interesting like narrative style uh as in katie camillo is telling you the story but she's also in conversation with you so i was interested like did it did it was it off-putting to you at all did it enhance the story um how did you feel about the author being in dialogue with you while you're reading Hmm. i don't know i mean i didn't really think too much of it i thought it just helped move the story along and kind of give you an idea of what was happening and all that mm-hmm. so i don't know i don't i didn't really think too much of it i actually didn't really notice it too much in the beginning yeah or for a while until like near the end i'm like oh wait a second yeah but uh 
Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think that in another in a, another person's hands it would have completely flopped, but I I love it here. Um, just mm-hmm. the and the first time that really comes into into focus is when she's talking about definition of the word perfidy or something like that. She's like, reader, do you know what the word perfidy means? It's like, you know, consult a dictionary, but uh, I think you can know what it means by just what happened here. And I think you're right. I think you put you you really put the finger on it. Like it it advances the story in a meaningful way. It's not just some stylistic um, mm-hmm. ornament. It really helps move the story along and enhances the way that um, the story is told. And in the movie, the narrator is I don't I haven't seen it in forever. I I don't remember ever liking the movie, um, but. <laughs> The narrator is like really not great. Like the narration is, it doesn't it doesn't move the story forward at all. So mm. I think that in this case it does move it forward. I like it, and I wouldn't have this book written any other way. Um, and I think nice. that just being a fairy tale, it needed to have something like this, something like that narrator. So I do think this I guess, is yeah. definitely one. Of, by the way, it's Kate Camilo. If anybody, do you read any other books? Isaiah probably should have asked this in baggage. Like because I don't of Win think Dixie, so. The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane. Um, no. I know. I I've heard t- of those, but I haven't read them. Yeah. I think she's tied for the most Newberry Medals won. Mm. She has two medals won and then a Newberry Honor. Huh. So she's very decorated, yes. But I think this is definitely one of her better books. Um, Cute. All right. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on it as like a fairy tale? I don't know. I mean, you... Yeah, like a modern fairy tale written by. Do you have any thoughts about that, Isaiah? Uh, no. Does it, does uh, it do what a fairy really tale crazy. should do? And what should a fairy tale do? That's the open-ended question, Isaiah. I don't know. I'll. I mean, I'll start I... if you want. Um, I mean, I think that a fairy tale is a fun, enchanting story for kids that also has some deeper meaning or parable, I guess. And Tale of Despero does that very well. And the fact that it's charming, it's whimsical, kids of all ages love it and can read it. And it also gives us a story of good trying, triumphing over evil, light conquering dark. Um, and at the end of the day, friendship and love being the ones that carry the day. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um... I mean, it just it takes all those fairy tale aspects and just gives us mm-hmm. a really nice novel length format for them. Yep. I'd honestly um, say this story is better than most fairy tales that I've read, at least. I would have to agree, while. yeah. It yeah. was, in my opinion, yeah, better and kept me just, like, entertained for longer and mm-hmm. more. Yeah, and I'd argue the payoffs are more powerful. Like, there's no fairy tale that has really done what that scene where Despero forgives his father has done. Mm, yeah. Like, there's nothing that's really done that for me, so. That is a good point. All right, I think the next thing I really want to talk about is just... So obviously, if anybody reads that tale of this, bro, it's not too hard to discern the theme, light over dark. Literally, one of the characters is named Chiroscuro, which me and Isaiah studied art last year in CC or Classical Conversations, and Chiroscuro literally means contrasting light and dark in a painting, like in art. Wait, we studied so, this? It was briefly mentioned, yes, in a oh, oh. like a slide note on one of the paintings. I don't remember. 
Yeah, it's literally just the the rat is mm-hmm. mixed with this light and dark fighting or contrasting in himself, and the idea yeah. of the rat being drawn to the light, even though it is, needs to be in the darkness. So, uh, I'm just interested to see: did it ever feel like on the nose or really simplistic or anything to strike you as off or anything like that about the theme of light over dark or the just the nature of what the author was trying to get at um no i don't think anything was like off with it or anything like that uh i mean it was in my opinion kind of like obvious to tell what the theme was of the book Mm -hmm. or the message but it wasn't like over the top or off or anything like that like Mm -hmm. nothing was wrong with it that i can that at least i can think of right now Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah what about you um yeah i agree i think that like i said there are so many things and honestly the movie did these the movie failed because i think it was just not as good at this um it she handles these themes so deftly and so well that end of the day you can complain about it being really simplistic or on the no. nose, but it's not delivered in a way that evokes that response. So I think it's incredible that mm-hmm. she managed to pull it off, but she did. And it's it's fantastic, at least. I mean, not at mm-hmm. least, it's fantastic. Yeah, no, it is, yeah. So even though, I mean, I just, I like, some people might find it cheesy, but I love the fact that rat name is Chiroscuro, that he's a rat. I love... The idea of Katie Camillo indulging herself and saying that stories are light. I love all all the symbolism um, and soup representing some whatever it represents and things like that. I Everything mean, just, in I'm, it, I'm here for like, it. yeah, every like more like major ish part or more part that like the rat uh, Despero focused on mm-hmm. had a different meaning. Yeah, or whatever. That's what I thought. Yeah, I thought that was cool in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from the red thread. They tied yeah. around his neck to. Not that I can tell him. you all the meanings now, but I know they have another right. meaning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you know that she's thought through it. You know the meanings there, and even if you can't reach it, you kind of know what it means based off of what it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I guess we we'll talk about some characters. What do you think about a uh, good old Despero, the character, the mouse? What's your impression um, of him? What do you think? Honestly, I kind of felt bad for him in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, his uh-huh. whole family, he was born, and his mom's like, he's disappointment. His dad's like, he's disappointment. He's such a small rat. It's like, bro, what? Yeah. His family, like, throughout he's the a, book, he's a just mouse, kept calling him. Or, mouse. <laughs> oh, I like knew the that. King. A mouse is but one step removed from a rat. <laughs> I knew that. I just said the wrong thing. Sorry. But, like, Maybe. his whole family throughout the beginning of the book, and basically the book just kept calling him a disappointment, and how he's such a small little mouse, and... How he, like, they don't even know how he's alive or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of felt bad for him. But but then he, like, you know, became the hero and... Powers up. Yep. And and fought some dudes with a sewing needle. Yeah. It's true. I, uh, yeah, I know. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 think, I, think you're, I think you're right. I think that we easily sympathize with him because he's just tormented. He's easy to sympathize with. And then the guy just wants to read his stories alone. You know what I mean? He wants to yeah. go to the library instead of eating. He wants to read Happily Ever Happy After. Go ahead. Speaking of, like, reading, this dude is just, like, a mouse. And then all of a sudden, randomly can look at a book and know how to read it. 
Like what? Hey, it's fairy tale, bro. All right. Still. Get off my get off my back about this. All right. Okay. I mean. Yeah, I know. Sure, I, know I, 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 I get still. what you're saying. Hey, I'm willing to forgive it. No, I'll forgive it. It's still a good book. I was just yeah. like when I first heard it, I was like, wait, hold up. Yeah. What? I think. I mean, there are so many themes that are being handled here. One of them is just that stories bring light, and I think that's true. And I think that Despero learns that, and really just that's kind of what drives them. I mean, he's 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 for some reason everybody disowns him because he likes stories. Um. So, and then yeah. obviously because he and he has, has forbidden love, hearing or whatever. Yes. I think that's years. also a really powerful. It always stuck with me. It sounded like honey. Yes, I was about to say that. That was like a cool description of it. Yeah. Uh, of music. Yeah, every the now sound and then. Sound of honey, like what? Yeah, exactly. It, it, at first it adds like myster- mysteriousness, and then it's like, oh, music. Yes. Yeah. And then we're like, man, that's a great metaphor. Like, yeah. Yeah, seriously. It does sound like honey. Yeah. It does. Um, I, so I think that Desper's relationship with Princess P is is funny, honestly. In the in the movie, it doesn't work either. But in the book, it's just this little mouse. I don't know for some reason falls in love with the princess and is like, "I honor you, I honor you." And then at the very end, she's like, "Oh yeah, sorry, he can't marry her, guys. What'd you think? I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, Ooh, yeah, fair, fair, I guess, fair." fair mm-hmm. so I, I think i think i mean this book is really there and we'll talk about um the other characters in a sec but this book is about despero becoming this timid mouse and reading stories to actually becoming one of those heroes yeah and following that journey and it's great so all right so chiaroscuro next part two mr chiaroscuro um what think about it what do you think about mr chiaroscuro we already talked about him we like the idea of his name a lot but we think about his character arc his conflict things like that wait was he that guy in the dungeon yeah he's the he's the main rat character yeah he's the guy who kidnaps the princess yes okay um i don't know i mean i thought that he was written as a good villain i guess but also like i don't know i guess thought it was kind of cool that explained where how he got into the position he was in and Mm mm-hmm all that and like what happened before to yeah. get him to that position. Yeah. And that it also did it from like his perspective a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. His, his, he goes behind the scenes and gets his motives. Yeah. yeah. Which I yeah. thought was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, she, even though it seems to some like on face value, it's like, oh, light versus dark. Okay. It's so bland, so obvious. But mm-hmm. with Chiroscuro in his name, she's like, it ain't that simple. Yeah. Like it ain't. Like this guy is drawn at the light. He gets burned by it because he kills the queen. By the way, some of the funniest stuff in this book is just when he goes to the to the um the party, the banquet, right? There's uh-huh. this one line that I always love. It says, Reader, the rat invited himself to the party. I don't know why, but that always just and then there's the <laughs> just the queen what she says when she dies, like Nink! or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, he fell That's into funny. the soup, right? Fell falls into the soup, yes. And he's like, oh, madame. And then there's <laughs> just the funny illustration, remember, where he's got this spoon on his head. Um, and is it the tablecloth around his neck? And he's just, like, walking away slouch. It's funny. It's funny. I think so. 
I don't remember exactly what it was, but something like that. Yeah, but I mean that stuff with um, Mick's dad, where he tries to cause pain and then just like he doesn't. It's not didn't (laughs) satisfy him. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. And Mm -hmm. and yeah, but I love at the end though, he's the bad guy. He causes the pain, tries to steal the light, and then at the end, it it's like, hey, I mean. This guy is always going to be conflicted. Like it's his, it's in his name, Chiroscuro. He mm-hmm. has free access, but something's just not right in him. So I think it's a bittersweet ending for him, but also the one that that makes sense at the end of the day. Yeah. All right, Migri Sal. Wait, what? Migri Sal, the character Mig. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think obviously okay. she's one of the most tragic and funny characters in the book. And mm-hmm. definitely tragic. Yes. Even though she's dumb and directly causes the entire basically plot of the book to happen. Yep. So that is true. Yeah. Her story is hers. tragic though, right? That was yeah, the it one is. her so- sold or whatever. Yeah, she her parents yes. died, got sold or no. When mom died, her dad sold her. Yes, yeah, yeah. Gets cauliflower like ears, which is another great description. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you obviously feel sympathy for Meg. I think you kind of resent her after what she does, but then at the end, you kind of sympathize with her. And Cheriscura's or Roscura's decision to give her back to her dad is awesome at the end as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, definitely would have to agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I like the uh, I like the idea of her wanting to be a princess and it just driving the plot like. I think it also is, it may be even, I thought of this now, a subtle rebuke of every little girl who wants to be a princess but can't. (laughs) And so she's like, hey, you can't be a princess, but you can be loved by your parents and we, they treat you like, like a princess for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? So yeah. And the, in the movie, there's this dumb thing about like a tattoo or something like that. So what? her dad like sees a tattoo on her neck and is like, "Oh, yeah, uh, uh. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's dumb." I like the wow. idea of Ross grew up bringing them together. So, um, anything else? Okay, so for me, at first, when I was reading the final act, the final part, um, where everything comes to a head, I was like, "This seems a little thin." The idea of Roscoe just like keeping the princess down in the dungeon forever. It's like, bruh, like she's gonna die soon. Yeah, seriously. Like Mig is gonna not. You're, Mig's gonna realize at some point she's not gonna become a princess. Like, what was your plan here, bro? And so at first, like, oh no, I don't, I don't want this book to fall apart here. And I think it is kind of thin. I think it works fine. Like, the idea of the darkness wanting some light, but I don't know. Like somehow it. There are so many things in this book that just should not work, and yet they do. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of them as well. So, yeah. Now, have anything to say about the uh, final part? Um, not really. I mean, it was a good ending to the book, and yeah. concluded it well. And yeah, I guess just it just even like to the end of the book, whenever it slowed down, the action was done, and all that, it still mm-hmm. kept my attention and like kept me entertained and wanting to read more of it. Which yeah. I, I read it pretty fast. I think I read the whole thing. Like I just sat and read it all. Yeah. So it's I mean and it's a fairy tale. Like it's meant to be like that. The chapters yeah. are really short and so it's meant mm-hmm. to be read at once. 
Yeah. yeah, I like I said, I love all the side characters, and especially the scene with his dad. Just the, the and they all have their little mannerisms that are like you know, furlough his brother says cripes, cripes, <laughs> um, and that's a you know it's a scary scene when his brother leads him away to die, basically. And then you have Hovis, the Threadmaster. I love this the idea of there being a Threadmaster, and then Princess P losing all her spools of red thread, and there just being this silly council of mice. I think it's just hilarious. And then obviously the scene with the dad where he gets forgiven. I mean, it's powerful. Like I'm sure, mm-hmm. but when I read this book to my kids, I'll cry. I mean, maybe, probably. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, then at the very end, uh, it's this funny scene of. They're having a banquet. Soup's come back. It's awesome. Soup's there. And then you see the four mice. His dad keeps just saying, forgiven, forgiven. His his mom is like, oh, mon dieu. Which is like, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Except it's not gosh. And, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the not only furlough is saying, cripes, cripes. And then the Threadmaster is like, just so. And you get the sense the Threadmaster has got some chivalry of his own. So I, I love the way the yeah. book ends, those side characters looking on. And anyway, I love this book mm-hmm. a lot. It's a good book, you yeah. read it. So Definitely right, would recommend it. Donor shout-outs. Oh, wait. Isaiah, how many spools of thread out of 10 would you give a tail dust, bro? I'll give this like a eight and a half. Eight and a half? I'm going to give it a nine yeah. and a half. I think it's almost perfect. Whoa, dang. Okay. Yeah, baby. This is, it's not Harry I mean, Potter level, but it's pretty good. Okay. Wow, like Harry Potter. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Let's do donor shoutouts. I'm gonna say the donor. Oh wait. First, where'd you go to get a donor shoutout? You go to patreon.com uh, forward slash the book in it or book in it Double and donate to any of our tiers that are five dollars and up. Dang it! I actually messed that one up. Yeah, Gosh, I just got it. memorized normally. It's okay. Add some variation. People like that. Okay. I'm gonna say the patron, the donor. You say. What fairy tale character do you think they are? All right. All right. And does it have to be from this book? No. Any fairy tale. All right. Oh, you probably could do this book if you wanted to. Oh, well, no, I will. See. Okay. All right. Nana. Nana. Uh, hmm. What about Cinderella? Yeah. Pim Pappy and Wayla. Pim Pappy and Wayla. Hmm. I got to think. Let's go with Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. Nice. I think they would love that a lot, actually. Uh, Mike and Sylvia, your grandparents. Let's see. Guys, this is funny. Isaiah asked me before we started. He's like, what are you going to do for donor Listen, shout-outs? I want to be prepared. And then Isaiah's like, leading 20 right. seconds of silence happened. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Just two characters from the book. Characters from the book. All right. Despero and... Uh, what, what was that girl's name again? I already forgot her name. Oh, Migrisa. Yeah. Her. Um, Your parents, Mike and Laura. Um, let's go with Princess P and the king, the king. Yep. Okay. Angie and Uncle Sam. Belle and Beast. All right. Moses and Zara. They're Moses and Zara. All right. Moses. I mean, are we counting Shrek as a fairy tale? I mean, it's not a very good one, but yeah. All right. Shrek. Moses, you get Shrek. All right. Zara. Zara, let's go with, uh... Snow White. Snow White, yep. Anna? What about the Cheshire Cat? Okay, yeah. I'm trying to think of some random ones here. Emily? Emily? Ariel? Ariel? Becky? 
Let's go with uh, Bambi. Bambi, okay. <laughs> Lizzie. Lizzie, uh, Anastasia. Or however you say the name. And yeah. Keenan. Ooh. What about Rumpelstiltskin? Ooh, that's a good one. Rumpelstiltskin, however you say the name, I can't say it. Rumpelstiltskin, yeah. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to go to support us at the link that Isaiah said. It's in the description. We'd really appreciate that. And always make sure to leave a five-star rating review if you haven't. It really helps us get the word out. Speaking of getting the word out, tell your friends. They should read Tale of Despero. They should listen to this podcast about it. It's great. And uh, we'll see you next time with some more Green Number, I think. Until then. Keep on booking it.